again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to Pirates Talk. Fred Hill Jr. is a member of New Jersey Athletic and Basketball Royalty. His father, Fred Sr., was a highly successful coach at Montclair State in football and baseball before moving on to Rutgers, where he led the Scarlet Knights to 12 NCAA regional baseball appearances while winning nearly 1,000 games. His uncle, Brian, had a distinguished career in college basketball and the NBA, where he was the head coach of the Orlando Magic and the Vancouver Grizzlies. Fred Jr. has had an outstanding career of his own. A longtime fixture on the college basketball scene, Fred was the head coach at Rutgers for four seasons. In addition, he spent over three decades as a top assistant, including stops at Marquette, Northwestern, Villanova, and of course, Seton Hall. In fact, he had two stints as an assistant at the Hall, first under Tommy Amaker, then under Kevin Willard. Fred left Seton Hall in 2018, but is still heavily involved in the game. His latest work includes a special Jersey-inspired, Jersey-centric basketball reunion project. He discusses that, plus his time at Seton Hall, and more on Pirates Talk. Freddie, thanks so much for giving me some of your time. I know you're incredibly busy, and we'll get into that, but I do appreciate your carving some of that time out for this conversation. Well, Matt, always a pleasure. It's uh, it's great to uh, talk basketball, uh, talk my foundation, uh, talk about events, and uh, with someone that understands the sports grind and what goes on, um, it's always a pleasure to be able to share that uh, with your listeners and with you. Well, thank you very much for that compliment. And, you know, we go back a long time. I mean, TV3, and maybe there aren't a lot of listeners who understand what Suburban Cable Vision's TV3 was all about at this moment. But for those who live those times, I mean, what a special place it was covering high school and college sports, primarily high school sports in the Essex and Union Counties uh, areas. And, you know, your dad and you and just, you know, all the great people that I had a chance to meet and you were among them. And here we are still doing our thing, man. It's just uh, it's been an incredible journey for both of us. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been an awesome journey, and um, you just dated both of us to all the listeners out there. <laughs> uh, Suburban Cable Vision TV three, they're going, huh? Yeah, uh, but but uh, you know, obviously, as uh, the media world has changed, that was a a a great platform for uh, guys in Essex County, Union County. Um, you know, we had never been uh, on TV, high school sports, uh, college sports, and great platform for a lot of great uh, commentators to come out of there and uh, move on in the profession um, like yourself and uh, just just really fun times and uh, brings back a lot of great memories. Well, it was a fantastic time. And yeah, we can't do anything about the demographic we're in. It is what it is. And in, in, in this day and age of Google, you used to be able to hide it a little bit. Eh, well, somebody has to do is put your name in and they realized when you were born. So what the heck, let's let's celebrate where we've been. Anyway, that's the past. Let's talk about what's going on with you. And you mentioned the foundation. You mentioned the academy. You mentioned you're still involved, obviously, in basketball, deeply involved in a sport that's meant so much uh, to you. Tell us a little bit about the foundation first, because I know there's a big event coming up, and we'll really dive into that. But I want to know what else is going on in the life of Fred Hill Jr., well, it's been uh, it's been very interesting. Uh, I've been very fortunate uh, in 2010 um, started uh, the Team Hill Foundation, uh, and basically we try to reach out to uh, inner city at risk kids 
and give them opportunities uh, to see what's out there, visiting uh, colleges and universities, coming to events uh, because of my relationship you know, uh, with uh, Rutgers, Seton Hall, being able to take kids uh, to an event um, and we give them school supplies. They get to hear from former athletes, uh, guys that have been very, very successful in life after basketball and kind of show them the pathway to success. So uh, we've really enjoyed that. Obviously, athletics in my family were so good to us. Uh, my basketball journey, I've been very, very blessed and just wanted to reach out to some kids that might not get that opportunity or not hear those positive stories and influences to, to give them something to shoot for, a goal, a dream, to be able to uh, be involved in athletics and use it as a platform and a, a springboard uh, to get an education. So uh, we've been doing that since 2010 and um, it's been very, very rewarding. I've got uh, a great group of volunteers and really all people that are in the athletic world, uh, people that I went to college with that we've stayed friendly and uh, everybody just kind of pitches in and kind of helps out a little bit of a mom and pop uh, start out uh, foundation but um, it's growing into we've had over 5,000 kids come through our programming, and uh, it's just been phenomenal. Still continue to do that to this day. And then we've built on it and added a few other uh, projects uh, that, that are hopefully will take it to the next level. Um, and what you're referring to is uh, one of our biggest fundraisers ever coming up in what we have built the basketball reunion. And uh, we're really excited about uh, what's going to take place on April 4th this year at the Prudential Center. Well, it is just around the corner. And for those who are basketball fans, college basketball fans, that date certainly resonates. Uh, tell us what's going to take place at Prudential Center. Well, we're going to have what, again, we just build as the basketball reunion. Uh, we are actually going to have a Hall of Honor um, that will be a, a permanent fixture at the Prudential Center, and we're going to celebrate the great tradition and history of New Jersey basketball. And when you start to dive into it, and someone like myself who's been in it my whole life, as I really got into it, I'm still blown away by the amazing success of coaches and players and just such a rich tradition and history uh, from the, the, the north to the south of this state. Um, and we, we talk all the time about getting together with your teammates and how special it is to be part of a team and um, that we're teammates for life and, um, you know, always trying to, to, to grab a burger, a beer, catch up with somebody. And we came up with the concept, like, why don't we invite every high school and every college in the state to have a reunion and to get guys to come back? And what better place than to do it than at the Prudential Center? Let's give them a venue to, to get excited, to come back, get together, and certainly uh, be, being able to go to the Prudential Center, being able to take people. We, we are enshrining in our inaugural class the Princeton Final Four team, the Rutgers Final Four team, the Seton Hall Final Four team the three winningest coaches in collegiate 
New Jersey basketball history <clears throat> in Mark Carino and Jerry Matthews and Pete Carrill. Uh, we've got a really cool category uh, made in Jersey. And it's coaches that played their high school basketball in Jersey, played their college basketball in Jersey, went on to become a high school and or college coach in New Jersey. And I think it's really cool and to look at those people and they've given their whole life to mentor kids and help them along the way, like we were, you know, as a kid growing up in East Orange and then Verona, I had great coaches mentor me along the way on the playgrounds at school and really started me on my journey. Um, was able to, you know, go to Montclair State college at the time, university now. And uh, Ollie Gelston, my college coach, gave me my first opportunity when I graduated to get into coaching. And uh, I've just been blessed along the journey. So this is a way to celebrate all those people and to come back and just have a phenomenal night. And of course, there's no bigger night in basketball than the night of the national championship game on uh, Monday, April 4th. And uh, that's when this celebration is going to take place. And uh, we're looking forward to a really exciting night. So you put this thing down, you get a pen and paper, you get this idea, and you say, okay, let me start plotting this out. How is it going to take shape? Uh, what form is it going to be? Where is it going to be held? It's such a daunting task. What kept you going through all of it? You know, I tell people, they say, how did you come up with this idea? And, and, and how do you keep going? And you know, I, I joke. I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm out with a buddy of mine, uh, you know, Nick Matarazzo, who, who played, kind of was my mentor two years ahead of me at Montclair State. And uh, I said, we had too much wine that night. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we just we just kind of mapped it out. And I said, you know what? It, it's uh, I ran it by people and wow, they thought it was a great idea. And it is daunting. And we don't know how this first a uh, year is going to go. But I said, if we don't give it an opportunity, it's like one of those ideas that dies on the drawing board and you'll never know. And uh, so we're taking a, a risk, certainly. And uh, but we're, we're going for it. And it's been unbelievably well received. Um, you know, hopefully uh, it's one of those nights that that builds each and every year and becomes one of the really special moments and events in New Jersey basketball history. Uh, that's that's our goal, and uh, we're hoping to get the word out. And, again, we've contacted every high school in the state, men and women. Uh, we're honoring men and women. Um, we've contacted every college, and uh, we're hoping that we get, you know, some type of representation from each and every one of them, and they can come and see. And I think once they get there and, and get a chance to reconnect and, you know, not only are you reconnecting with teammates, but referees and uh, opponents and guys that you played against that you might not have seen. And you're telling stories. And as we all know, you know, stories get better and better as we get older <laughs> and older. So they certainly do. we've got we've got some great ones to tell um, as we celebrate, you know, what you said earlier, where we are in life. Um, but, you know, it's kind of go back to, you know, maybe. Uh, one of the most well-known Jerseyans of all time, not a basketball guy, but a singer in Bruce Springsteen. And, you know, you're talking about the glory days. And, you know, what better venue than the Prudential Center 
and the night of the national championship game to reunite with your teammates and, and kind of celebrate, you know, what, what basketball has done for us in our lives. Yeah. And, uh, just a cool idea. It's uh, it's been really neat and it's, it's, it's been a daunting task. Um, but I've got a good group of volunteers again, people that jump on board and, um, you know, I got a, a board of advisors headed up by Tom Lucci, who was, you know, the sports writer and covered both uh, Seton Hall and Rutgers mm-hmm. um, for years. Star Ledger, so great. There's a there's a guy that knows the ins and outs of all of the history. Um, you know, uh, I joke with him because he's just a few years older than me, and uh, I've got uh, one of the nicest articles I tell him that he's ever written. Uh, he covered me when I was playing at Montclair State, playing in the NCAA tournament against uh, uh, Roanoke and Uppsala College. And I said, Luch, I said, we've been friends since 1981 when you covered me. And I said, this is the only positive article I've ever found that you've written. <laughs> and, and of course he laughs at me and, you know, he says, send me a copy of that. I want to see that one. Uh, but, but, but what a great sports writer and, and what a great job he did. So it's really cool again, to reconnect with great people uh, that have kind of been there and, and seen uh, so much tradition and history uh, in the state of New Jersey in terms of, both high school and college basketball. Well, what what strikes me, aside from the ambition of the project, but you're bringing together a community that bonds tightly. I think, unfortunately, and, and I understand why it occurs, the fans of the game, they only see the Giants, right? They see the Division I teams, or they see the Coach K's or the Coach Carrills, but they don't see the Mark Carinos. Uh, they don't see the Jerry Matthews as much. And they don't see the high school guy who spent 35 years on the sideline molding young men and women, uh, and, and women coaches as well. But this is a chance to say this community, it's the love of basketball, it's the love of Jersey, it all kind of comes together. It's, uh, it really is special, and that's why we've, we've tried to include everyone. Uh, you know, it's, again, it blows me away. Uh, we put it out uh, m- months ago for uh, athletic directors in high school to nominate people in their community uh, that have been very successful and have influence on kids and mentored kids to go on and be successful. And it's some of the stuff that we got back um, just incredible credentials and what people have been able to do. And, you know, as I go around, because I, I do have another project, the basketball Academy. So I'm out again, recruiting kids for the Academy. And I walk into gyms and I see coaches names uh, on the basketball court that a basketball court was named after a coach that doesn't happen unless you've had a profound influence on your community. And you've been there for a long time. And, um, have had great success and, and people come back because of what you've been able to do for them and to try to honor and recognize those people. Uh, it's just, a, it's just a great, great feeling. And, you know, Mark Carino is the winningest coach in New Jersey collegiate basketball history. He passed Jerry Matthews this year and, you know, to see Jerry Matthews in the stands at Caldwell university, because I was there when Mark broke the record to say congratulations. That just tells you the camaraderie. And and they broke Pete Carrill's record. Uh, 
you know. So really, we have Pete Carrill at the Division One level, uh, Mark Carino at the Division Two level, and Jerry Matthews at the Division Three level. It's it's kind of ironic to me, and I think people don't see it, but those are the three winningest coaches, and at each different level, um, they all accomplished that feat. And, and I think it's phenomenal for people to know it, to celebrate it. You know, again, made in Jersey. Um, we've got three people going in to the Hall of Honor. Um, Ron Cornegay, and a lot of people won't know what a great player he was coming out of Southside High School, mm-hmm. which has now become Shabazz, and then staying in state and going to Monmouth University, where he is still the all-time leading scorer, and then being a coach at Monmouth University, and then moving on to Mattiswan High School as an athletic director for 17 years. You talk about a made-in-Jersey, Jersey guy that has mentored so many people and given so many people opportunities. Just great to celebrate his life and his contributions to basketball. Ted Fiore is another one. You know, out of Newark, Seton Hall University, Our Lady of the Valley, closed in 81, but people don't even remember today. But what a great coach there. Cedar Grove High School and then St. Peter's College, Montclair State. Just another guy that has influenced so many people. Uh, it's it's kind of mind-boggling when you think about it. And Phyllis Mangine is the other uh, award recipient in Made in Jersey, again, Orange, New Jersey, high school, Seton Hall University as a player, Seton Hall University as a coach, St. Peter's as a coach. And another person that has devoted her whole life to helping kids and doing it here in New Jersey. So just just a great way to celebrate people that may or may not get the recognition uh, of the, the great accomplishments that they have. And we've got magical moments. Uh, there's NBA people. Um, you know, we talk in the UB Brown, who's going in the hall of honor, you know, kind of, uh, godfather of New Jersey NBA basketball. And then the people he brought into the league in his coaching tree. Um, and then again, you talk about, you know, the final four teams, uh, of Princeton, Rutgers, and Seton Hall at the Division One level, getting to the, you know, pinnacle of what college basketball is all about on the basketball court. And and you mentioned to me earlier when we spoke about this, you're also honoring the Montclair State women's team that and the Rutgers women's teams that had success in the AIAW. Speaking about yes. having to do a Google search, but. Uh, that was the really the that was where women's athletics competed most before the NCAA decided to gobble it up and realized there was some magic there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, t- two clubs out of New Jersey that had inordinate success. Uh, you know, you talk about uh, you know I was very blessed and fortunate uh, to see Carol Blazjowski play and and was in school with her and uh, that team. Uh, you know, people kind of don't get the grasp, but they lost to UCLA in the final four, you know, so little Montclair state playing, you know, in the AAW and their opponent is UCLA and Carol, one of the greatest women's basketball players 
to ever play the game. Obviously went on and had a great career uh, with the WNBA in terms of being an administrator. Um, just uh, she made the Olympic team. That, that was the year that the Olympic team boycotted um, the Olympics and didn't get a chance to play. But when you talk about held the record, I'm not sure if she still does or not, but the scoring record for men and women in Madison Square Garden, um, just phenomenal, phenomenal players. Still one of the best of all time uh, to, to ever wear the uniform. To have those type of people, uh, again, uh, come out of New Jersey and, you know, may or may not people of today understand that feat, that great accomplishment of taking a team like Montclair State, uh, you know, a small college division three team and going to the AAW uh, final four and losing to UCLA. Um, it's just a, a phenomenal accomplishment. Teresa Grintz uh, at Rutgers University and, um, you know, doing the same thing, uh, but winning the national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, just again, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal accomplishments and, uh, things that, uh, you know, as a as a basketball junkie, and again, the game has been uh, so good to me, and I've been so blessed. And, you know, I've had a chance to coach at, at Montclair State and Fairleigh Dickinson University and uh, Ryder University and Seton Hall University and Rutgers University. I mean, uh, Jersey has been my, you know, uh, whole career, whole life. Yes, I stepped out uh, a little bit here and there, but kind of came back and recruited all the kids that were in New Jersey to go play for me wherever I was coaching at the time. And um, just want to be able to give back again and celebrate all these other great people and people that had a great influence on me. So I, I'm the one, you know, uh, Mike Dabney uh, grew up in East Orange when I was a kid in East Orange. Uh, he used to come by my house and uh, pick me up for Saturday morning basketball. He was the referee uh, about Mike's probably four or five years older than me. And, you know, he'd be reffing the games as I'm a little kid going to play. And, um, you know, just having those type of guys around and coaches, Richie Adubato and Brian Hill, you know, on the playground. And then you see where they got in their careers. Um, so many people that influenced so many of us, and it's really a celebration and a thank you, a thank you to all those coaches that helped so many. So, uh, and I, I want to talk a little bit about your time in college basketball. Of course, this is Pirates Talk and you had two runs with Seton Hall. We'll touch upon that a little bit, but tell our listeners how they can get information. Is this open to the public or are you just setting it up insiders only, so to speak, those who you invited, the high schools and hey, nominate someone, so on and so forth, or can somebody pick up a ticket? No, it's, uh, it's open to the public. We want the public. We want the public to, to come and celebrate with everyone and, and, and really have a deeper understanding of what this state's tradition and history is all about. Um, our website is, uh, the basketball reunion.com. Uh, you can go on the website and read about the event. Uh, you can go on the website and order tickets, Tickets are also available through the Prudential Center on Ticketmaster. Um, you know, a press release went out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we've got another press release going out uh, naming uh, more honorees that are going into the Hall of Honor. Um, 
pick up the phone and call me. Uh, we're just excited. Uh, fans, players, referees, uh, honorees, families, coaches, administrators. Uh, we want everybody to celebrate the tradition and history of, of basketball in the state. Well, it sounds like a fabulous evening at Prudential Center and uh, one that is, is a must for those who love the game of basketball. So uh, we will uh, continue to pump that out and look forward to more news about it and circle April 4th on the calendar uh, for this get-together put together by our guest Fred Hill Jr. as uh, they celebrate the great history of basketball here in New Jersey, not only the teams, the players, and, and the fabric of the sport. So, Freddie, you know, you, you did spend two terms with Seton Hall, no longer in college basketball per se. Seton Hall was your last stop. I just, what were the, what were the differences? I mean, some of them are obvious, but what were the differences between the two runs you had, the one with Tommy Amaker and the one with Kevin Willard? Well, I was, I was uh, one, very fortunate uh, to be able to coach at Seton Hall just uh, as a kid again, growing up in East Orange and then Verona. Uh, I used to go to games there in, in, in Walsh. Um, you know, one of the greatest uh, high school games, uh, Essex County Tournament, uh, 19, I'm going to say 77, uh, Bloomfield with Kelly Japuka, uh versus East Orange with Clyde Bradshaw. Uh, just, uh, I mean, Walsh was like Madison Square Garden back then. <laughs> it, it was the mecca uh, for 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 high school basketball, for obviously college basketball, um, with Seton Hall. And, um, you know, uh, Tommy gave me a great opportunity to come and uh, help him, uh, resurrect the program had fallen on a couple hard years and, uh, just a, a great coach, a great guy to work for. And we were very fortunate to recruit some great players and <clears throat> made a run to the sweet 16. And uh, honestly, you know, I, I kind of thought I'd be there forever. Uh, I couldn't see Tommy leaving. Um, we we really had it rolling. We had the next crop of guys coming in. and But, you know, everybody's got aspirations. And Michigan came calling and he left. But, you know, uh, we had a great run. Uh, you know, I would have – I was hoping to stay on. It, it didn't work out that way. Uh, just what happens in athletics. And uh, I got a great opportunity from there. To go to Villanova, you know, from Villanova to Rutgers, Rutgers to Northwestern, and then I got the great opportunity to come back and and coach at Seton Hall again, which uh, I jumped at that opportunity with Kevin Willard, and again we had another great run and uh, won the, the the Big East championship in Madison Square Garden, and I don't think there's anything bigger or better than coaching or playing in Madison Square Garden and then winning a championship for a kid that grew up in Northern New Jersey, metropolitan area, uh, New York city guys, it, that's the Mecca. And, and so, you know, I had a combined eight years at Seton Hall university and it, it was phenomenal. Both runs were great. Uh, just great players, uh, great alumni. Uh, again, the tradition in history, what PJ was able to do. And, and it was just a lot of fun to be home and doing it right in my backyard. You mentioned Tommy leaving for Michigan. Did you have any inkling that it was happening, that there was a chance he would go? Because 
as you said, he, he had a great deal of success in a short period of time. Well, you know, Tommy was his great coach and, and, you know, his Duke pedigree, um, everybody, every year he had a job offer. I don't think people realize the, the demand, uh, that, that he was in at the time, uh, as a, as a superstar, young rising coach. And so, yes, I mean, uh, you know, Notre Dame, Georgia tech, Michigan, um, uh, probably five more that I can't recall off the top of my head that all came knocking on the door. Uh, and it was actually the second time Michigan came knocking and, you know, there's, there's the small Catholic school, uh, in New Jersey. And, and then you're talking about Notre Dame and Michigan and, you know, Georgia tech, which was in Atlanta city school, you know, Tommy's from Virginia, um, there, there was pluses and minuses to everything. Uh, and I don't think Tommy necessarily was looking to leave. He turned a lot of those opportunities down. Um, and whatever reason that the second time Michigan came calling and he and his wife decided that that was an opportunity he couldn't pass up and, you know, he, he moved on. And I, I think that's college sports, uh, happens every day. And, um, you know, I was disappointed, um, as I think a lot of fans were, because I thought we had just put the foundation in and we're hoping to get back to the levels that PJ had the program at, that we were perennial NCA final four contender. And I think we had players that, that could do that. So, um, but you know, I, I moved on and had a great opportunity at Villanova. So, you know, every time a door closes, I'm a very positive person a door opens and uh, I still, that was my second opportunity at the big time level. I had coached earlier at Marquette university with Bobby Duquette. And uh, I'll always be thankful for Tommy uh, for hiring me and giving me that opportunity, especially like I said, being in the big East in my backyard where I grew up, it's, it's very, very special. And, and I'm sure when you came back to Seton hall, the situation was different. Now, Kevin was trying to, get the program back on track after it had fallen off the rails, very similar to what you had discussed about Tommy. But also, I would think that the investment was different. I can understand Tommy, you know, in the early 2000s, Big Ten, big money, big opportunity. And Seton Hall had to take a look at itself at some point and say, all right, uh, we're not going to be there, but we have to pick things up. We can't be that small Catholic school with small facilities and be able to compete on a national level. So it must have been a changed campus, so to speak, that you came back to. Well, certainly from a financial perspective, you know, more money was flowing into the program. You know, I'll never forget. It was, you know, I'm coming from Fairleigh Dickinson University. I worked for Tom Green for seven years. You know, Tommy, we sat down and talked and you know, I just wanted to coach at the Big East, Seton Hall, uh, you know, uh, an opportunity that I've thought about through my whole career, like we've talked about. I mean, there were two schools in the state in the Big East. It's, you know, Seton Hall and Rutgers. And it's a dream to go to either one of them, you know, uh, moving forward. Rutgers a little bit different because my dad was the baseball coach. But, you know, Tommy, we sat down and, you know, I never asked once about what my salary was going to be. And, he, he, you know, he looked at me at the end of the interview and he goes, you know, you didn't ask about salary. I said, I don't care about salary. I said, I'm getting a chance to coach at Seton Hall University in the Big East. I assume, you know, it's pretty decent. It's a Big East salary. And he said, well, you know, what do you make at 
at FDU and between my salary at FDU and I had run a, uh, put together a, a camp like situation called the fall hoop festival, which was very successful. And I got a chance to go out and speak at camps in the summertime a ton. Um, you know, I was probably, uh, and this is 1998. My, my package was around 85, $90,000. And I told him that we got done, you know, with breakfast. He goes, you might not want this job. And I said, why not? He said, it only pays 60,000. And, and I laughed and I said, all right, we'll build it into, you know, what it was. And I'm sure the money will change. And, and certainly it did right away because we had great success recruiting and went to the sweet 16. And, um, but it, was tenfold, you know, when I came back. And I was going to say it had to be bigger than at that point. Yeah, it was tenfold when I came back and it was on par with what guys were getting paid in the Big East. And, you know, I'm sure Kevin was on par with what guys were getting paid in the Big East as head coaches. And, you know, they had put money into the locker room and, you know, uh, our offices, actually, Tommy had designed and done. And, and that's one thing they put money into when Tommy was there. But, you know, we were at a point where we needed to recruit again and and really lock down great players in New York City, North Jersey, and, and be able to, you know, kind of get the program back on track. And uh, I I looked at it going back with Kevin as a, another great challenge uh, and to be able to help him. And certainly we were able to accomplish that. And uh, since that time, um, they've done a phenomenal job of keeping it rolling. So, you know, uh, I think we went to four straight or five straight NCAA tournaments uh, and outside of the little COVID hit, I, I think that streak is, is, uh, you know, is, is still intact. So, um, you know, just, a, just a great run. It, it's a great place. And, you know, for the local kids, for the Catholic school kids, they want to go to, you know, the small Catholic school, St. John's and Seton Hall and, uh, you know, kids going to Villanova and, and playing in the Big East. Uh, their their mentors grew up on the heyday of what Big East basketball was. And back in the day, not belittling it today, but there was no better conference in the country than the Big East when we had 16 teams in the league. It, it was just phenomenal. Great coaches, great teams, putting NBA players into the league more than any other conference. Uh, it was just a great time to be a coach uh, in the Big East. So I was very, again, uh, you know, I talk about how blessed that I am uh, to have had those opportunities and to work with such great people and coach such great kids. It just was was a phenomenal run. Well, your fingerprints are still on this edition of the Pirates because you were very instrumental in recruiting Miles Kale. What was the story there? Yeah, you know, Miles, a great, great kid, great family. And um, it's funny, uh, he played for a South Jersey AAU team. So, um, you know, originally... Uh, I remember Shaheen coming in the office and he goes, Hey, there's a kid playing on this South Jersey AU team. You know, why don't you go down and take a look at him? Um, you know, he's, he's a South Jersey guy. And, and, you know, I had more contacts down there, um, you know, than, than Shah had. So I went down and uh, took a look at him and lo and behold, he's from Delaware 
but uh, playing down in South Jersey, and he was uh, he was like a he was only a, a junior, and he was a gangly, athletic, fairly skilled kid that you know looks like a, a baby colt, and you could just see the potential in him, but it wasn't there yet. But I loved him. Great kid. Started recruiting him. Uh, mom and dad, terrific people. Um, and just developed a great relationship with him. And uh, he was a kid that wanted to play in the Big East and, you know, uh, brought him up for a visit. Uh, his junior year, he came to the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden and committed to us right then and there. Uh, just, uh, you know, wanted to be part of it and uh, continued to develop like we had hoped and certainly has had a phenomenal career uh, at Seton Hall and uh, getting this extra year because of COVID uh, for a kid like that, that's a basketball junkie that just loves to play the game and continues to get better and better uh, each and every year. Um, just really, really special kid. And I'm really happy for him and, and what he's been able to contribute to Seton Hall and, and keep this program moving in the right direction. Hey, last one, and then we'll just wrap things up. Uh, you are known, were known, still are known, as a guy who can recruit. Like, What does it take to be a recruiter? Great personality, I guess. That's coming through, and some relentlessness on, on the part of the recruiter. But, you know, some guys aren't recruiters. You've been very successful doing it. What What's it about? You know, it, it's interesting, and I, I've been asked that question a lot. And, you know, I, I don't really know how to – put it into words, quite honestly, it's, you know, kind of things that I saw and, and was around my dad, uh, and then my uncle, uh, coaching family, very successful, but, um, you know, I, I just, one, I, I enjoyed very much meeting people. I think you've got to have a knack of identifying uh, and being able to evaluate talent and, and look down the road. I think if there's anything that I, I kind of pride myself in, it is like a kid like Miles Kale, who was not highly recruited. Uh, an Ishmael Sonogo, uh, who wasn't offered a scholarship uh, out of high school. Um, a few lower level schools were looking at him, um, but no offers. And we offered him, and you know he wound up uh, making the all-tournament team. Uh, in the Big East tournament when we won the championship in, in 2016. And a local kid from Northeast Side High School, I had success with Randy Foy, uh, who was going to come to Seton Hall until uh, Tommy left. And, and I went to Villanova and we had developed a great relationship. And I think it's about relationships, being able to evaluate and and really working and, and going out. Uh, I, I was a guy that, you know, I was out every night. And uh, I, I touched coaches and talked to people and I enjoyed it and, and became friends with guys. Uh, you know, uh, I, there's many a year that I was never recruiting anybody at St. Anthony and I would be in their gym one because I wanted to watch Bobby Hurley coach because he's a great coach, pick up drills, uh, be around, uh, you know, an icon in this game. But I wasn't recruiting anybody, but we had a relationship. So when it came time to recruit people, you know, I was always very honest. I also think kids don't fit every situation. So the same kid might not be the right fit for Seton Hall that might be a good fit at Rutgers and vice versa. 
And so you got to know who you are as a university and as a school, and you got to get kids that fit what you offer, that they can be successful in whether it's your style of play, whether it's academically, whether it's socially, because when you tie all those things together, when one is going well, the others seem to follow. And, and that's when you achieve greatness, when everything has synergy. And so there's a lot of things that go into it. I guess how I was able to pick and choose to have success, your guess is as good as mine. I just feel very lucky that guys trusted me and we picked the right guys. And for the most part, they went on to not only have great success in college, but what coaches are most proud of. I call it the biggest game of all, the game of life. And the guys went on and had great success after college in the game of life. Well, Freddie, you've been incredibly successful. You mentioned your dad, Fred Hill Sr., one of the all-time greats, uh, Montclair State, Rutgers, uh, baseball and football, your uncle Brian Hill, longtime coach, college in the NBA. I can only imagine what it was like growing up in the Hill household, break out the napkins, draw plays on the dining room table, cutoffs and and inbounds plays as well, uh, and, and maybe an end around for football too. Just incredible. And uh, the Hill name speaks for itself and you've continued the tradition. Tell us one last time uh, how people can get information about the basketball reunion. April 4th, Prudential Center, thebasketballreunion.com, Ticketmaster through the Prudential Center. Um, phenomenal night. Go online, get a ticket, come on down, and celebrate the great tradition and history of New Jersey basketball. Freddie, thanks so much for your time. Looking forward to what April 4th brings and what else you have on your agenda. You're a busy man. Thank you for giving me time today. Matt, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. And that will do it for this edition of Pirates Talk. Thanks to Fred Hill Jr. for graciously giving me his time. I wish him the very best in his venture. It is ambitious, but it's also very cool given how much basketball has gotten from New Jersey, and it is time to have a big celebration. Pirates Talk is available wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I invite you to rate the show, leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, as always, to Pat Christensen, the sound engineer of the program and the writer and performer of the Pirates Talk theme. And thanks to you for your company. It's very much appreciated. I'm Matt Lachlan. Until next time, be safe, be well, and let's go Pirates! Pirates!